Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for Thursday. Is it Thursday already? This is, week is messing me all up. Thursday, the 23rd of February, having Monday off, has thrown me into a tailspin this week. But Flyers will be back in action coming up tomorrow. They'll be back home to take on the Montreal Canadiens, La Habitante, at Wells Fargo Center. Saturday, they will take on the New Jersey Devils on the road. Uh, but tomorrow, we'll preview the Canadians-Flyers game coming up tomorrow. It feels like an eternity since they've played a division matchup. That'll be Saturday when they get back to playing teams in their division, and that'll be Saturday in New Jersey at the Prudential Center against the New Jersey Devils. Now, in this episode, by the way, George, or, uh, by the way, tomorrow's episode, John Tortorella will be our guest. We'll talk. I got to ask him about pulling the goaltender six on four and amongst other things. Uh, but we'll get to that in tomorrow's episode. But in this episode, I want to get to this DM from a guy, and I want to spin it into something that I do want to talk about as well. It was Ross who sent me a DM uh, on Twitter, at Jason Mert. He said, not sure if this is a question or more venting frustration with the fan base, surprisingly, not the team. So he's more mad at the fans than he is the team. He says, why does it feel like the fans and media, not you, have been extra hard on this year's team? He said, seems even the paid media is sarcastic, negative, and bashing a team that wasn't really expected to do much of anything this year, not to mention the key players missing most of the year. It's like some people just want to dislike this team no matter what they're doing versus the expectations. And I thought that was really interesting. First of all, I'm not traditional media. I've never been a writer. Um, I was a talk show host and radio broadcaster, uh, but I've never been a writer. I've never been a beat writer. I've never covered the team in that way. I guess as a talk show host, we were kind of like fringe media is maybe the way I would put it. But like he says, Ross says, why does it feel like the fans and media, not all, we're not going to paint them all that way. We're not going to paint all the fans. We're not going to paint all the media in this have been extra hard on this year's team. And he mentions, you know, the sarcastic, negative, and bashing a team that wasn't expected to do much. And obviously the players that they're missing, Atkinson, Couturier, and some of the other injuries that they've dealt with, and expectations weren't high. So why is that? Well, I think first and foremost, it's the trendy thing to do. And look, I understand people that are angry and upset at where the – um, the franchise is and the organization is and how it got here and why it's been where it is for far too long. I mean, just the one playoff series win that was in the bubble when they beat Montreal in the bubble to go into that second round against the New York Islanders in the 1920 season. I guess that was probably more like 2021 at this point, but it was the 1920 season playoffs. They actually came in August, but, um, yeah, I, look, I understand the frustration, and I get it. And misery does love company. It's it's something that uh, when there's some people that are miserable, you will find more people that are miserable. It's so different than when you're happy. It's hard to find people that are happy. Um, that's just the way it is. Negativity has a more of a or anger or being upset has a much stronger physiological effect and a much stronger physiological attraction than positivity, happiness, and those things. It's weird. 
but it's true. I've actually done some research and looked into this before uh, at the power of negativity versus positivity. And I think it's easy to glom onto that and get into the, the spin cycle of negativity. It's hard to get out of it sometimes. And sports is like that. You know, that's one of the things about sports is the communal feeling of like-minded people and communal feeling of like-minded in the moment, you know, as a loss happens. You know, there's some people I see on social media or whether it's Twitter or Facebook or wherever that when the team wins, they get angry because they're ruining their draft position. But when the team loses, they're angry because they lost. And for the life of me, I'll never be able to figure it out. And we saw going into this season that, you know, a lot of the conversation was, this team has no talent, trade everybody, this is going to be the worst team ever. And obviously, it's not. There And there is talent. Travis Konechny is a talented hockey player. Ivan Provorov is a talented hockey player. There's talented pieces on this team. And when... Things are like this, and the power of negativity is the overriding kind of sense of where everybody's at. When you're in that period and somebody underperforms, whew, forget it. It gets ugly. So let's bring in Joel Farabee, who's obviously having a difficult season. Now, Joel Farabee on this, on the year, and this is what, his fourth year in the NHL, He's played in 59 games. He has nine goals, 17 assists, and 26 points. The year prior, in 63 games, 17-17. So 63 games, 34 points, 17 goals, 17 assists. The reason why people got really excited about Joel Farabee is that in the shortened season, the 56-game season, he played in 55 of those games, he reached 20 goals. He had 20 goals, 18 assists, and 38 points. Matter of fact, the most points he's had in a season to date is 38, and he did it in 55 games. So that's what got people excited. A 20-goal scorer, not even close to 82 games. So about on a 30-goal pace for Joel Farabee. But, okay, so he's having a down year this year, and people go, oh, the contract's bad. And, but you have to look at the complete picture. Now, Joel Farabee signed a new contract. That kicked in a six-year deal at $5 million AAV. So that is $30 million contract. This is year one, $5 million this year, all the way through the 27-28 season. And he got signed to that contract based on his performance as a younger player. And you sign him to that deal then, and you hope that it's a tremendous value contract going forward. It's a typical out-of-your-entry-level bridge contract. And Joel Farabee signed it, and everybody loved it. But right now, because he's not having a great year with nine goals, 17-6, and 26 points in 59 games this season, the extremes of the way we verbalize ourselves nowadays is he's either great or he stinks. There's no middle ground, and there's no room for context. So Joel Farabee this past summer— um, turned up and had to have an injury because he injured himself in his preparation and training for this season. Now, Joel Farabee had the surgery in late June. 
very late June. I think it was around the 24th of June. And the timeline on Joel Farabee was that he would probably be back somewhere around Thanksgiving. Now, Joel Farabee came to camp and he progressed a lot faster than they thought, but and got into the lineup right away. But it's looked like Joel Farabee has been chasing it all season long because he had that surgery in late June that totally changed his preparation for the season. And it's looked like he's been just a step behind his own game all season long. It'll look like his game is starting to get close, and then all of a sudden he takes a step backwards again. And look, this is the same surgery that Jack Eichel had. Now, Jack Eichel had this surgery a couple years ago. It's really the reason why he's not in Buffalo. Buffalo wouldn't agree to the procedure that he had done, which Joel Farabee also had done. They didn't want him to be the first NHL player to have said surgery. So Eichel, in the year prior to needing the surgery, in 68 games in the 1920 season, in 68 games, had 78 points. 36 goals, 42 assists. That's at the peak of his powers. He was a plus five, you know, a player, number two overall in the draft, fulfilling his expectations. Then he has to deal with the issue. He comes back that next year, only plays 21 games, and he only has two goals and 16 assists. Then gets traded to Vegas, has the surgery, and in 34 games last season, had 14 goals and just 11 assists, 25 points in those 34 games. Now, we all agree, I'm going to assume we all agree, that Jack Eichel is a higher pedigreed scoring player than Joel Farabee. But after his surgery, and he had more time from surgery to, to playing than did Joel Farabee, 14 goals, 11 assists, 25 points in 34 games. And even this year, coming into the season, a year and change removed from his surgery, 44 games played, 18 goals, 22 assists, 40 points. This is a player, again, the last year before, okay, let's go the last two years, or let's even go the last three years. So 67 games played in the 17-18 season, 64 points, pretty close to a point a game player. The next year, in 18-19, 77 games played, 82 points, more than a point-per-game player. And then in 68 games, 78 points. The total combined, the three years prior, 205 games played, 203 points. But this year, 40 points in 44 games. Last year, 25 points in 34 games. Because it's not a simple injury to come back from. It's not. It's the neck. And sometimes the neck takes a little longer. When you look at the shooting percentage of Jack Eichel, he had the one year in 1819 when he had the uh, 77 games played and 82 points, 9.2 shooting percentage. Never had a high shooting percentage except the year after where he had a 15.9 when he had 78 points in 68 games. But then the the shooting percentage drops way off, 3.3%, 10%, and it's starting to climb again to 11%. And you see the same thing in Joel Farabee's game. So if you want to look at the effect that an injury and a surgery can have on a player, it, 
that's Jack Eichel is obviously because of the injury and the surgery, very similar. But let's look back at now former flyer Claude Giroux. He had a double core surgery, which also affects your skating, like the neck. It's your back. It's your core. It's those areas of your body that can really impact your ability to play this game. Claude Giroux had the core surgery in an offseason and did not have a chance to train for a season. And people thought that it was over for Claude Giroux. He was trending down. He was late in his 20s, heading into his 29-year-old year in the NHL. And in that season, he played 82 games. He had 14 goals, 44 assists, and 58 points. He was a minus 15 on the year, and everybody said the best of Giroux is behind him because he went from 86 points in 82 games to 73 points in 81 games, 67 points in 78 games, and then 58 points in 82 games. Now, after that season, going into that season is when he had the 58 points. After that season, he had a normal summer to train and prepare for a season. And he just so happened to have, at 30 years of age, his best statistical season. 34 goals, 68 points, 68 assists, 102 points, and a plus 28 at 30 years of age. So a player can go up and down based on their health, especially when you have a surgery like the one that Joel Farabee had and when the one that Joel Farabee had was. And it was late June, really late in the ballgame. If you have a surgery right after the season and the end of April, you're going to have a much better chance to recover and train for a season than you are if all of a sudden you have to have a surgery in late June because then you have to recover in a very minimal time. You're not training for a season. You're still just recovering from the surgery and headed right into the season. That's what we've seen out of Jack Eichel. That's what we've seen now out of Joel Farabee. Look, his year has been erratic. He hasn't, hasn't used it as an excuse. Coaching staff is not going not gonna to let him use it as an excuse. As well, they shouldn't. And he needs to use it and get back as quick as he can to the same level of play that he showed when he had 20 goals, 18 assists, 38 points in 55 games. But you also got to look at everything. Part of being a sports fan is riding the emotions and the ups and downs of fandom and versus expectations. But it's also about doing so, at least at times, in an educated manner so that you just don't make sweeping blind statements about players that they stink or they're no good because they're not performing in that moment up to the level that you thought they would or we expected them to. We have to consider that some players, yes, maybe dealt with a, a surgery before season, and it still is affecting them now in February. And that's okay. You can be disappointed about it, and we can complain about it, but we got to be understanding about it. Joel Farabee's had a tough year. Travis Sanheim has had a very tough year. He's had moments where he's been pretty good, but... He hasn't had nearly the consistent season that he had the year prior. And that's frustrating. Does it mean he stinks? No. Does it mean he's just playing as good as he's capable of? No. It doesn't mean he's playing as good as he's capable of. And he needs to play better. 
And he did just sign a, an extension for a contract. I, I think that kind of going back to Ross's DM that he sent me, why does it feel like the fans and media have been extra hard on this year's team? Well, I think it's because that's you know a crowded room where everybody wants to be right now. They don't want to be there, but being there is comfortable because there's a lot of people that are hanging out in that room of negativity and throwing barbs. Just how I feel about it. I want this team to get out of it just like everybody else does and become a playoff team and go on a run, multiple runs. And they need to get better. And players like Travis Sanheim need to play better. Joel Farabee needs to play better. But I'm not going to give up on Joel Farabee because I know he did have surgery and a significant one. And as much as I sat there and loved that contract when they signed it because he scored 20 goals in 55 games, I'm not going to all of a sudden reverse pivot and say that that evaluation on Joel Farabee that I was wrong on it because he is having the season he's having this year. Because we know he had a surgery in late June. Just where I come in on it. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll preview Flyers Montreal coming up in tomorrow's episode. Uh, Join us then on a Friday edition of Flyers Tales.